Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robin Cooper, and with me today, as always, Brandon White here, guys. What's going on, guys? We got an awesome, awesome podcast lined up for you guys today. We're really excited about it. We have a few things we want to go over first before we get into today's podcast. If you've been on social media at all lately or you've heard about what's going on, uh, Lucas Grounds, number 912, that races GNCC, Unfortunately, he had a pretty bad injury uh, a couple weeks ago, and we've been following his story and his road to recovery, and it's pretty awesome to see the community that has uh, backed him and the way that he's just had a lot of support uh, gathering around him, and just we just kind of want to give a shout out to him if he happens to be listening to this podcast. Lucas, we're thinking about you, buddy, and uh, you know, we're, you're in our thoughts and prayers, and we really enjoy the updates that your parents have been giving us daily about what's going on. Um, it really speaks volumes to the family that this uh, racing community is. And what we what we do as racers, when, when one of us is down, we're all down. Yeah, man, uh, heal up and get back out there and keep a positive attitude because uh, we're all rooting for you. Yeah, we are, man. We, we're, we're, we're behind you, man. And, uh, you know, shout out to you. We'll be thinking about you and uh, looking for updates. And if anybody can, there is a uh, GoFundMe page going on for him. And we really encourage anybody that can to uh, support him and his family and uh, the road to recovery that they have. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm um, just... Donate whatever you can, you know, every couple, every little cent helps, uh, especially when you're going through this time of need for them and uh, stuff like that. And uh, on to the full gas sprint news. Yeah, that was a pretty bummer to hear lately, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll I tell you what, it, um, me and my nephew, Jonathan, we've ran the one down in Beckley like for the last two years and we really loved that event and uh, we were both bummed. Like he sent me, like he, when he sent, me, sent it over to me, he's like, man, I'm so bummed. And yeah, I, I got and kind of like got like that pit in my stomach. Like, man, that was such a fun event. Like, I hate to see that go. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for lack of interest either because they was getting some of the biggest names in the sport coming out on a very, very regular basis. Even winning the championships, a lot of those guys were. Oh yeah, I mean, like honestly, you had to pre-register like three weeks before you could even, you know, because they would fill up because they only allowed so many riders. They only had so many transponders to put out, and like honestly, like. I think me and Jonathan signed up like a month early just so we had a, a spot to ride down there. And um, it was a really fun event. I really hope someone picks that up and uh, maybe does something else with it. Unfortunately, I think he ran into some uh, like help issues, and it was just a lot of stress. Uh, running a track and an event like that but is, is a lot of stress and a lot of work. So hats off to him. Um, thanks for putting that on. And hopefully someone else picks it up. Yeah, running a series is a tough thing to do. It's it's hard to see some a series you know disappear like that. Um, hopefully, like you said, somebody will be able to see the success that they saw in the first what six years. They think they did it. Yeah. In so. the first six years that that the full gas sprint endurance was going on, see the success and be able to pick it up and and uh, pick up where it left off. Because from what I heard, it ran like a well-oiled machine, and it was really. Uh, a good family atmosphere, and it seemed like they were they ran it like extremely professionally. So it'd be awesome to see them be able to to bring that back, um, maybe under a different name or something, but just something that mirrors that. Because I mean, the success is there, and and it, 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 I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there thinking, you know, we we want to pick this up and and run with it because it looks like a good series to run. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if I'm AMA or like the Coombs or something like that, I'm looking at that and like you know, it's an AMA event. Had a lot of people show up. A lot of people loved it. 
in my opinion, what I think they should do is they may should pick that up and kind of make it part of the GNCC series where they instead of doing a two day bike event, I think we bring in the quads either Saturday or Sunday and the bikes on one of the days and just make it a one day event. And then that way, you know, you still get your turnouts and uh, everybody's happy. I mean, I think that'd be fun. I mean, one day is plenty enough because two sometimes is rough. So I think I think if you guys are listening out there, someone should pick it up and let the quads have their day and let the bikes have their day like GNCC and um, everybody just have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of series right now, um, a lot of series are starting to drop the schedule and we uh, we kind of put a little teaser out there a little bit ago um, <clears throat> the last week about the, about the Supercross series and how it changed already <laughs> and how we were, we were like, you know, do we think this is going to be the uh, the official series schedule for the year, or do we think they're going to change it soon? Uh, I personally don't think it's going to last, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing knowing that they're that they're capable of being flexible and that they're capable of adapting. They showed that in the 2020 season, and if that's the world that we have to live in, they're showing that they're capable of of doing that. Um, the ATV motocross series, they just came out with their schedule as well. And we're pretty excited about it because. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, I think the last three years they haven't been to high point and they're coming back to high point guys. So that's awesome. Like any quad rider out there, I, like even if you just go, go up and watch support, you know, sh show support for the high point race, because um, uh, I'd say if, you, if we get the support and the numbers up there, They'll try to keep coming, bringing them back, you know, make them money up there. So even if you're not racing, just go up there and support, you know, at least give them some admission. That way the numbers are up. Um, there's another race that's pretty close to us, Briarcliff. It's only about a two-hour, about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive out there. Briarcliff um, looks to be the season finale, actually, so, September uh, 4th and 5th. So. Yeah, so go up there, guys. It's a great track. A um, little bit of jumpy. They got some nice jumps and everything. I just went up there this year for the first time. Um, it's great up there. It's nice. It's got a big pit areas and stuff. Um, so support it as much as you can because it's a sport. It's a sport that really needs our help right now. I think. Yeah, I'm excited about the high point round as well. But I'm kind of bummed to see the Iron Man isn't back on the schedule. Yeah, oh Iron Man. I didn't even. I didn't even think. Yeah, about that. Iron Man is missing out of the schedule. Um, that's kind of a bummer to see because man, that looks like a fun quad track. It's just. Perfect for those guys to be able to hold it wide open and send it's it. It's a and big air. It gets some huge air. Quadzillas. That uphill quadzilla, and yeah. then what I think is even almost a little sketchier is coming back down that, off yeah. the uh, after the oh, after the yeah, uphill jump is the, jumping it back down. That's pretty <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool to watch. You know, like I said, if you've never been out to a quad motocross event, go out. It's just fun to watch these guys. They they whip the bike like just like a dirt bike. <laughs> little bit different style but i tell you what you'll be surprised like at high point they'll probably be hitting that quad like sending it so. oh yeah for sure i guarantee you like hetrick mm -hmm. hetrick's Leaning. hitting it on the first on the first lap those guys that are all the those pro guys and even the pro ham guys all those guys out there that run that series are talented and it's just a lot of fun to watch and if you go up there it's pretty affordable too yeah. to be able to, to go up there and watch those uh to watch the atv pro uh motocross um i'm excited for this upcoming season with you know hetrick getting on the yamaha and uh chad being on the yamaha unfortunately oh i think we got a call Okay, guys, we're going to pause the ATV motocross talk for a little bit. We just got a call. We got a special guest on the line today, Adam McGill, ATV, GNCC Pro, joining us today. And 
Adam, thanks for uh, calling in, man. We really appreciate your time today and coming on and uh, BSing with us. No problem. I enjoy you guys having me. And obviously, if I can spread some love around the ATV community, because there really isn't much of anything going on right now, you know, see if we can't get people involved and excited again for. God, anything's got to be better than this year. That, <laughs> yeah, no that. doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, Brandon and I were just talking uh, not too long ago that it, it seems like even though 2020 has been kind of nuts, I tell you, the turnout for racing, you know, in the community has just been pretty astonishing. I know that you've been to a lot of the Mountain State hair scrambles this, this past season, and um, they're, I would say they had probably – twice as many quads this year as they did last year uh so it was pretty awesome to see all those guys out there and you were out there a lot too so that was awesome to see as well yeah the, yeah i i don't know if it, it had a lot a lot to do with you know people being cooped up so i know like when all this shit went down uh it was georgia i remember the hot buzz was you know going around the pits about all this you know the flu and all this this essentially i, I would call it bullshit <laughs> about what's going on, you know, it is real. Yes, I believe it is out there. Yes, I believe it is harmful. Yes, to some, but not to the world. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I think everybody was so cooped up um, that everybody was just dying to go anywhere. So when we got the news from Georgia, this could be bad. You know, we all go home and we go about our week. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, things start happening through the news. And it's like, States are shutting down, places are shutting down, things are shutting down. It was just, you know, one after another. And here I am, a guy that gets paid to essentially promote, to sell, to race, to brand build, to to BS guys like you into buying stuff. I can hardly do my job because we're not allowed to go anywhere. You know, we got social media and things like that, which make it really easy for me to do my job. But, you know, I, I enjoy the interaction with people. But being cooped up at home for two months, three months, however long it was. And I mean, when it opened, it was like the floodgate. It was like, look the hell out. We're going racing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I showed up to the first mountain state race this year and there was over a hundred quads and then it stayed like that all year long, I was just like, dang, this is almost like, almost like a national. Cause like last year when I raced the mountain States, they were, I would say averaging 50, 60 bikes a race. And it was 120, 100, 100, 100 to 120 bikes every single week and it was so it's pretty awesome to see did you see that same type of level um increasing in interest at the um national level um maybe not so much national because you know the national stuff everybody pretty much sticks to the nationals that sticks to the nationals that that never really changes i mean you might get you know iron man's a freak thing snowshoes a freak thing but it's only you know certain events it never really goes up or down a whole lot, I would say, uh, because the guys that are going to go are going to go there regardless, you know, regardless of weather, regardless of the pandemic, regardless of whatever it may be. But I think that everybody getting that reset with being at home and doing this and doing that, you know, maybe with concerns of traveling, with things getting shut down, they want to stay closer to home. When they stayed closer to home, they got to run the local event. I think they got wrapped up in you know, points and things like that. And I think they decided to stay. And I think that's why you've seen the numbers come up because everybody that was going to run the nationals full time where they cut it off and didn't start back till later. You know, the local series was up and booming probably a couple of weeks where the GNCC got going, I think. Yeah, I, I remember think right. anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think you're right. That, it, yeah, like I said, it was awesome to see just um, the level of support that the local series were getting, and it was kind of cool because we were when we were there at the track, kind of anywhere. I'm sure Brandon, you can attest to it at the fast tracks. It was kind of like we were back into normal world because <laughs> people were acting mm-hmm. for the for the most part normal. And it was just like, oh, man, it's a breath of fresh air. And then uh, we go to, you know, dinner afterwards and have to wear a mask and <laughs> wait in line because, you know, the there's more than 12 people in the in the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just I, I get a kick out of, you know, nobody knows really what to do. Nobody knows what's right. Nobody knows what's wrong. And there's a reason because, well, we never really had to deal with it. So in everybody's defense, you don't know really how to control it other than control everybody. It's essentially like, you know, you allow no pit riding. You do it by controlling everybody. But then you make an exception to one. Then you make an exception to two, and then eventually it's out of control like it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I don't really know what is the correct answer other than at this point, I think it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> you know, you can read, you can see, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of is all smoke and mirrors. So, but I mean, the good thing is, is, is it seems like the racing community has kind of got a, a real good handle on how to handle twenty twenty. If unfortunately, if twenty twenty one ends up being a lot, you know, like the twenty twenty season, so uh, they, you know, the GNCC did a really good job of kind of laying the groundwork for other series is to to show them how to 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 get back going properly and without causing too much stirring in the in the local communities yeah i know they did they started a uh, i forget what that that team was called that the race safe i think it was yeah it's like a it's like a where they appointed people to i guess to be able to talk to the cities and the county, you know, the states and things like that, where we would go, things we would do to be able to race. So, I mean, yes, they did, they did try and they did make, you know, succeed with what they did. It's, I, I just, I just can't believe that it's, it's come to this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, to me, it's just mind blowing to go from, you know, we're literally, there's people smoking cigarettes, putting, putting them out in cans (laughs) of fuel to now that we got to, you know, they want, we want, people want paper masks and people want this and people want that. So it's just, it's a shock. And, and oftentimes I wonder myself, you know how, so I'm 33. I don't know how old you guys are, but yeah, we're, we're younger. right there with you. We're, we're, we, we okay. just both turned 31, I think, Brandon, right? You're 31? Yeah. 32. Uh, 32. Oh, okay. So we're right there. Oh, I'm winning this one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like growing up and things changing. So, say like the internet and AOL instant messenger and all this stuff was changing and evolving and it never really bothered you because you just went along with it. But do you think that it's just times are changing and we don't like it now because we're older? Remember how we used to always give our dads hell about, you know, could be an old asshole, blah, 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 <laughs> being grumpy and all this. Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with that? How times are changing and we don't want it to change. So we're getting grumpy because of it. Or is it actually, this this crazy oh man i don't know that's a good question i think it might be this crazy because we the one thing about nowadays is is we have social media and it's kind of easy to see through all of the bs easier than it was Mm -hmm. at one point in time so maybe it is that crazy and and i mean 
every generation goes through something and, and they're used to something like the, like mm-hmm. kids that are growing up now, if unfortunately this is the way the world's going to go, we're all going to be wearing masks the rest of our life. <laughs> the kids that are growing up now, oh, they're good. used to it. And yeah. they're, they're going to be like, oh, why are you old people worried about masks? We've been wearing them our whole life. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I just. I say it's all, no, I blame it I all on the no moms. Answer. I blame it all on the moms raising a bunch of wimps. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know who to point. Obviously, you can't blame the kids because they're taught by the parents. Well, you can't blame the parents because were they taught by their parents. Yeah. And then by government or by this or by that. So it's like, I don't really know who to put the blame. I believe that everybody has the right to do what they want. So if exactly. you feel that you and your family need to wear it, then fine. It's like religion. I can't tell you what you can believe and what you can't believe. Because it's America. Exactly. We're not a communist country. It's not a uh, a dictatorship where you know you read books about how great the Gator is and how he never speaks <laughs> because of those signs of weakness. <laughs> but it's it's something that I think is crazy how they're forcing this on you. It's essentially you know like I said the religion thing. Could you could you imagine? I mean, I went to school. We said prayer. They took prayer out of school. We did the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, the alma mater, we did all that stuff. Now they're wanting to get rid of all that. So it's like, you know, I, I just, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even hardly comprehend it. Imagine <laughs> imagine going back, you know, 20 years and telling yourself that one day it's going to be a statement to to wear <laughs> to wear the red, white, and blue and, and, and be a patriot. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a statement rather than a norm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, I mean, hell, we would have went back. 20 years now and you just said I'd have been you know 33 years old married on my you know on my own with two dogs and racing four wheelers for a living I'd have been like uh maybe (laughs) (laughs) speaking of racing four wheelers times do change so it is what it is at this point we're just going to have to see what happens come hopefully January 6th speaking of racing four wheelers Adam uh so where did where did it all start for you I, I know I know you you know had some didn't really have too much help in the beginning, but how'd you end up where you're at now? So, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to have to rewind this way, way, way back. So, <laughs> years ago, when I wasn't even a speck in my dad's thing, <laughs> they, as, as they would like to say, um, my dad used to race uh, ATVs and quads back in the late 80s, I think is what it was. My dad did motocross, which when I say he did motocross, he never did any national stuff, but he used to race with uh, Steve and Mike Holbert, some around the area, you know, from, you know, he was always, he's born and bred, raised Dodgers County, so wasn't I. So, you know, around that general area, Morgantown to Parkersburg to, you know, wherever. And I remember always looking at pictures um, through old photo albums of my dad racing and, and never did think that it would come of it because when I came into it, he was out of it and we did race cars. We did dirt track cars. So, you know, we did a modified and a a steel block and then into late models. And I did that with him, God, from, oh shit, probably six to eight years old. I was going to races with him till probably 12. And then it got to the point to where it was working us to death because it was just me and him going to races and every now and then we'd get some help from somebody that wanted to go. 
and he looked at me and he asked me, he says, he said, Kurt, you're a racist, goddamn race car. I said, no, Dad, I don't want to. He's like, well, why the hell not? And I, I looked at him and said, I, I don't want to go out there and tear the car up because at this time, you know, we, I think we got him modified. We got rid of the late model, got him modified. And he, he asked me why not. And I just was like, well, one, I don't want to listen to you bitch you complain because I tore the race car up. <laughs> and two, it's not really what I love. You know, I like, you know, I enjoy watching my father race. You know, my uncle's raced for years. Um, I grew up at the racetrack. I met a lot of good people at the racetrack. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. He did. He's like, well, hell, God damn it, we got to do something. I was like, well, let's race four wheelers. And he looked at me all cross-eyed and stuff with his mustache all puffed out. Said, <laughs> Are you serious? I said, yeah, let's go race four wheelers. He goes, okay, what do you want to race? And by this time, I already had, you know, I bought a 430X and was riding around the house and never really thought about racing. It was just, like this mystical beast because I never, you, you know, we didn't have social media. So where do you find a race series to go to? Right. You know, you don't see any flyers in, you know, in the town I grew up in. You don't, I didn't really know anybody that raced four wheelers, but I knew it was there because I read dirt wheels every month. And I said, I want to race motocross. And then he blew a gasp. <laughs> Ain't no way in hell you're racing motocross. I can't do dangerous. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, what are we going to race in? He goes, let's race cross country. So he ends up meeting a very good friend of mine, which is still a very good friend of mine. His name's Mick Easter. And he actually conned my dad into taking me to my first race. And it was for Paul Coops, uh, and it was Reno, Ohio in God, 2002. And I'm okay to say this now because I'm 33, but I signed up at 14 to run the C-class, 16 to 24. <laughs> you had to be 16 to run 40 x 400s or bigger. And to wind in another story to this, I signed up as Adam because they asked for your first name on the, on the science sheet. So we signed up as Adam. I was 16 years old. I went and raced. Well, I ended up getting third in the class, 24th overall, and I still remember it to this day. And my dad was hooked. <laughs> well, we go to another race. And guess where it was? Good old mountaintop. <laughs> go there, race. And by the end of the year, I was able to finally win my first C-class race. Now, mind you, I'm 14 years old doing this. Maybe I turned, maybe I was 15 when I, because my birthday was in May. I think this was in April when I first started. So, yeah, I was 15. I won my first race um, at the end of that year. And, you know, I'm all excited and stuff. Now, mind you, my 400X has a, like a White Brothers slip-on with the tunable disc. You remember that oh, good yeah. stuff? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I had that, had the homemade belly skid plates out of road signs. I think I had, had, had rental bars, uh, a stick dampener that I made out of a Volkswagen strut. <laughs> um, what else did we have? I mean, it was just, it was everything we, it wasn't a bunch of money we put in it, but it was enough to get me by. You know, I was getting stuff from guys that were, you know, handing it down. I was using it, used tires from other people, things like that. And the end of that year, my dad's like, he says, you want to do this? I was like, yeah, I want to do this. He goes, all right, we're going to do it. I said, okay. I said, so, you know, we, we stripped the whole floor apart, powder coat the frame, order fenders for it, get a brand new sparks pipe for it because I couldn't run the, the White Brothers anymore. 
get a brand new sparks pipe for it. We cut it and shorten it. No packing. I mean, just a noxious, loud, yeah. loud pipe. Those things are loud anyways. You know, get it. Oh my God. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I, we're going to the first race and I think the first race was, God, it was, remember the hangover 50 races we had in January, like January 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. I remember we're going to mountaintops again, obviously, because we run there 200 times a year. <laughs> and we're going there, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to run B-class. And my dad goes, B-class? What the hell are you talking about? He said, you're running pro. And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, Dad, I'm 15 years old. He said, I don't give a shit what how old you are. You just want to get fast, you're going to run with them boys. I'm like, oh, my good. <laughs> we sign up. Mind you, again, we sign up as Adam. So I sign up for that, and we go do some racing. And, you know, I'm like 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, right around in there. But then Paul Coons had close to 20 pros and over 100 fullers every race that followed this series religiously. So I remember turning 16 in that year. And everybody I grew up with around West Union knows me as Kurt. That's what I went through school. That's what I, that's just always what I went by. And that's my middle name. So I started signing up as Kurt. Well, started confusing people thinking I had a brother named Adam <laughs> because they would start asking me where Adam was because he was, he's so fast and he does this and he does that. And I'm like, well, I couldn't really plan and just say, well, he's not here. He decided to stay home. Like, oh, man, he's really getting good and this and that. And then finally I had to let the cat out of the bag which I was 16 at that point, so it wasn't a huge deal, but it was just funny to see people confuse that, even though it was the same person. Me, I was signing up as a different name to, so I could go race. And believe it or not, that year I actually won an overall at the end of the year, and it just was pretty much off to the races from there on. Is that <clears throat> around what time did you start racing uh, national series? So... Uh, what was it? So 2002 was Pierce. 2003 was Pierce. I want to say 2004 was my first GNCC, and I'll, and I'll never forget it. We went to John Penton, and it was a terrible, muddy <laughs> And I mean, freaking miserable. I have, I mean, obviously you know, running a local mud race and one of them leaves is totally different. And you put milk, John Penton in it. I mean, nobody has any idea. And I'm telling you, I, I go there and I'm like, I was like, and I think the morning and the afternoon were all together. Or they just split. I, I couldn't, I can't remember, but I went there and I'm like, what class are we going to run dad? He goes, you're on an A class. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, you want to run with them fast boys? You're going to run with the fast boys. I was like, Oh God. So we signed up an open A, uh, open A was anything, two stroke, four stroke, uh, a concoction of whatever you wanted to stuff in a full wheel chassis. And I remember going out there and I actually, I got the whole shot was leading the class. I come through lap one was leading got maybe a mile past the the checkpoint on lap two and broke a chain. <laughs> and my dad, you know, I come back carrying the chain and my dad blows up, throws his hat on the ground. Jesus Christ, what the hell are you doing tearing shit up? <laughs> I told you, blah, 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 blah. He's like doing his, doing his typical mustache thing. <laughs> and I, I remember just talking to him on the way home and he's like, 
He's like, what do you think? I said, I, think I can run with these guys, Dad. He's like, well, you know, it's a mud race, goddammit. Everybody in a mud race, you know, takes all this out of us. So I think I could do it. <laughs> and I remember, and I, and I remember we went to Sparta, Kentucky, which is where the racetrack is, uh, the NASCAR track. And we went there, and I remember uh, we started, I think it was the sixth row, fifth or sixth row. And I got all the way up in the top 20 overall and won the A class by a couple minutes, I think. And it, like I said, that's where I started getting some momentum. And, you know, then I, you know, we went and we got second and we did this. And, but I didn't run enough races to really qualify for points that year. And then, you know, obviously dad's like, you want to run a nationals? Like, well, yeah, it's kind of, kind of do. <laughs> and he, you know, so we, I think we were in five races that year. And then the next year we, um, we ran eight and obviously he wouldn't let me run A class anymore. I run the fast guys. He moves me up to Pro Am, and I'm thinking like, Jesus Christ, Dad! I mean, what the hell? I'm barely able to wipe my own ass, and then you are moving me up to Pro Am, or you know, Pro Production at that point. I think is what it was called. And I, I think we went. I'm trying to think. My first race that year was in North Carolina, and I got fourth. And that was the year that like. I remember a lot of heavy hitters. That was the first year for the 450 Honda. You know, that was when I think Polaris had a had their 500 out. That's when you could run uh, 525 or smaller in the pro class. Um, what else? Like Suzuki was getting in it. Cali was getting in it. So everybody was starting to, like, pick up with their stuff. And I remember fourth at North Carolina and my buddy that got me into racing – he just bought a 450 and he had a, uh, he had a 400 and I remember had roll and axis and all this stuff on it. And I, I mean, just slobbering mess every time he bring it over because it was just chrome and just, Oh my God, just delicious. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, you want to, you want to put this stuff on your 400? I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to. And, you know, obviously, Dad's throwing a bit. Dad's crying, why do you need that shit? You don't need that shit to go fast. <laughs> like, okay. So we switch all of it. We switch the ARs, the stem, the shocks, the swing arm. And mind you, we've never really done much of any of that to this point. We just would bolt parts on and go race. So we went to Big Buck, and I ended up, throwing the shift drum through the cases on my 400. <laughs> yep, yep. So things puking all everywhere. Obviously, I get drugged back. Dad throws his hat on the ground, starts throwing a fit, screaming, running around, you know. And he's like, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. So I, I don't know either. So guess what he brings home? A predator. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with the machine. Just wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs> well, we had it about four months, and we got rid of it, and that's when we bought our first 450. And, you know, I've been on been on Hondas pretty much ever since. You spent some time with K&M, didn't you, factory? Or... Correct. That's Correct. Cool. I spent – I had two years with K&M, and then I had two years with KTM, too. Um, the KTM stuff was early development, things like that. Um, K&M was already established when I was in on that, so – 
it's awesome to see you uh, sticking out on the Honda though, because <laughs> us Honda guys, we you know we like to see some representation out there, and and uh, it's nice There's to a see. My veins are red. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> yeah. so, now, what are you going to say? Yep. Like, a lot of people think that you know, since Yamaha is the only one out there, you know, supporting the quad guys, uh, you know, a lot of people think that everybody should be supporting uh, Yamaha. What do you think about that, Adam? Oh, you really want to just bury the knife in there. <laughs> we, we want to get the you inside know, scoop I, here. <laughs> oh, my God. I can honestly say that I've never rode blue, and I don't ever plan on it. And there are some things that go beyond um, what I would prefer to talk about here, you know, obviously on this podcast. But right, I can yeah. tell you that I'm – I don't care how much, I don't care if they're the only ones, and I don't care if I've got to ride a Cannondale. <laughs> I am there is I am not going to switch. I'm not. I, I just can't. I've, you know how like you make your bed and you got to lie in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've made this one multiple times, and I've prepared to lie in it for a <laughs> long time. Well, the Hondas so, are just so. I mean. <sighs> You, you 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 know them like the like the back of your hand at this point and mm-hmm. and it's it, they're easy to work on and and it's just it fits like a glove you know what i mean <laughs> well, i mean i yeah. used to ride yamahas and now i ride hondas and and not nearly you know the 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 level that you're riding at but i always felt like when i'm on a honda no matter what honda it is i just feel like you're kind of almost sitting in it rather than on top of it and mm-hmm. that's just how I've personally, you know, kind of grown to love Hondas. Yeah. Every, everybody, you know, everybody has their own thing. Everybody likes a certain way a bike feels or a bike is. Now, you know, obviously I can't speak for blue because I've never rode blue, like I said, but it just, I, I don't know. I, I just look at, you know, like take Chris, for example, you know, he switched and couldn't ride it at all you know he he rode the honda there but i mean he still didn't ride as good as his suzuki and i think some of it is that a lot of people can't adapt and i mean it's not saying one is better than the other but i think it's just like you said it suits certain people i think right now i think the honda the the people in the honda crowd it just kind of matches your personality (laughs) because it's Mm -hmm. like it's like that that um that true blue color person and and that hard you know the hard worker growing up type thing and that's just kind of the the representation that the honda has gotten now and i think that's awesome and you know you're you're an awesome person to have you know representing them at the highest level yeah yeah i mean i just i mean even if they would do and i know there's there's probably no chance at all and more than likely it, it will never be but I mean, if they just bring the thing out with bold new graphics, I mean, shit. Yeah. That'd be great. It really would be. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just whatever. And it, it, me looking, you know, looking at this, you see so many Yamahas out there. Yes, because you can still buy them. Correct. Yeah. But also, it's easy. So say you want to go out, you want to buy a Honda. You want to find you a clean Honda. You're going to have to search to find this thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's the unicorn, it's the grail, it's the Sasquatch, it's the Yeti, it's whatever you want to call it. But you've got to work to find you a cool bike. 
it's easy to go to your dealership and buy one. It's easy to get approved on a loan to finance this thing to race it all damn year and pay $99 a month. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that's the reason you see a lot of people switching is because they can just say, oh, they got one up there. I just go buy one. Right. Whereas, you know, I, you, everybody else that rides red, you got to dig for it. You got to look for it. And I think that's why a lot of people are switching brands. I don't know if it's necessarily because they're better. I think it's the convenience of it. Yeah, it is definitely convenient. Anything worth having is a lot of work. <laughs> that's why I like having Honda. There you go. There you go. Yep. Hey, hey uh, switching gears a little bit to the 2020 season. So I don't know how well you know this or not, but Brandon and I started this podcast the week before, um, the week before the Mountaineer. Brandon mm-hmm. called you winning the Mountaineer <laughs> on our very first podcast, and ever since then, You're you've kidding. you've been on. Oh yeah. Oh no, I called it. Yeah. You go back and listen. You bought yeah. a lottery ticket. I, I should have, because uh, yeah, I mean, you should have bought four of them. We just split it. <laughs> well, see, here's my question. So, <laughs> there's been what five GNCC races since so. since we started. Okay, yeah. there's been five GNCC five. five since we started, and you've been on the podium three of five times. How big of a sticker do we get on your bike for 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how how many zeros and commas are on that check. Okay, <laughs> exactly. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I did. I we were doing. Our, we used to do our and uh, I was just like, I, I feel like Adam's going to get this one. I, you know, back in West Virginia, and and you were, you know, just needed your due, and I called it. Yeah, you know what's, you know what's crazy is we was there, and you know my wife came down, my dogs, my dad, and you know we're all there and we're talking the night before. And it's like, you know, I feel okay. It just is what it is. But I woke up the next morning, and this is no bullshit. I did. I had no desire to throw a leg over that quad. Zero. Didn't want to be there. Didn't want to race. Just, it was just another day. And what I mean by that is like, you know how like you'll get so down that you just think it's never going to happen. You just think it's not even possible. You're just like, whatever. I'm telling you, I went to the start line and was, I was done. Like, I'm like, man, I don't know if I'll get another contract, you know, for, for 2021. I don't know if people are still supported, you know, kind of weighing out options here if I even was going to be able to race next year. And I'll be son of a bitch if we win it. And it was like a fire letter to that ass. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like literally I'm talking to my wife about options outside of racing at the race. And then something like that happens. just kicks me right in the balls. Man, I tell you, we we talk about like momentum a lot, and you see it at every level. You see it at Supercross, Motocross, uh, um, on the on the bike side, and it seems like when somebody, you almost have to like, you know, not on 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 accident, but like on on accident, win a race. And when you do, it's just like it just started clicking, and you were up front yeah. from then on out. Yeah, and I, we we worked really hard. Obviously, my dad, you know. He's, he's stubborn like talking to a damn brick wall. <laughs> but I can tell you that, you know, he's he's somebody that is never satisfied, ever. Go to dinner? How was how was your dinner? It all right. <laughs> yeah, what did you get the race day? All right, okay. Stuff like that. So he was, to have him excited again, to know we could do this. Now, mind you, one thing that goes up that never comes down is age. So... I, to be able to do it as one of the old guys in the class, 
was like was like reassuring to know that we could do it. But you know, everything's got to align when you start getting to that age. I can't I can't ride through issues like I used to. Right. So when you take a track like that, that is not super fast, really technical, lots of you know places where you got to think, place the machine, you know, try to remember how to get through stuff, and you take the speed out of it. It's funny how things change. And then when we started coming back and we started getting the faster races, we started having the confidence to run with them guys. Now, mind you, I will tell you that I don't like the pace where it's at because it's very, very nerve wracking because everything has to be perfect. Because if you step out one time, it's over. And I mean, bad. And the older you get, the longer it takes to get up, the longer it takes to get rolling again. So to have that confidence again was just, it was just insane. And that's something that I'm still riding to this point because, you know, we go to the Grafton race. Now, mind you, we had some issues with some things, and blah, 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 and then it falls back. But knowing we still had the pace to be there, I'm pretty pumped about it. So I'm really looking forward to getting down to, you know, Florida and, and living with the Florida family again and, and training and, and getting the ass back in gear. And I can tell you, I will miss Crown Royal for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was great to see you, you know, turn that page. And of course, you know, as you are getting to being a veteran in the in the sport, uh, I know it's probably mm-hmm. hard to hear that, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is, man. I know, right? Uh, but being a veteran mm-hmm. in the sport and everything, it, it's it's really cool to see a guy from our area also to, um, to you know, around here that's it, you know, that's able to be done. What I think's awesome is is you know you, you were talking about the pace uh, of, of today's race. It's been kind of crazy to watch, like the the level continually rising, and you guys are on the gas from the start to finish. And I don't, yep. I don't comprehend how you guys keep that pace for two plus hours. And and, and like you said, don't <laughs> don't step out one time. I mean, I know it happens from it, time to time, but it's it's it, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for sure. It's something that you know. What was it? So, so Bill, early on, stepped it up, right? Right, And yeah. Chris started winning. So, Chris stepped it up from Bill, because Bill was always dominant, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I had those glimpses on the KTM where I stepped it up. Well, Chris figured it out. He stepped it up. Well, now Walker figured Chris out. He stepped it up. Now we've got Bryson and Cole and all the other guys coming up that are starting to figure that out. So it's, I don't know if you'll see the pace get faster than it is now because the bikes aren't getting any better. Now we do run really good components such as LSR, custom active shocks, you know, the tires, things like that. But there's only so much you can do with what you have. So, you know, you're heard the saying, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's what we're doing, and until we get machines, or until GNCC lifts the production rule, I don't think the series. I don't think it'll grow anymore because we go back to ease of being able to get it. Look at NASCAR. NASCAR, everybody's driving the same thing, different graphics. That's it. Everybody got the same tire. They got the same shocks. Everybody got the same motor. I mean, hell, they probably wear the same catheters. I have no idea. <laughs> but, but it's boring now, right? Yeah, right, very boring. right. It's, I'm, it's on that 
track to being NASCAR. And if it gets to that point, you're going to lose viewership, you're going to lose interest, you're going to lose fans. It's just it's not a good thing to only have one player in the field. Right. What I like going back to the the players in the game kind of thing is is it was cool to hear you talk about like different guys that have stepped it up and they all stepped it up with their own style. You know, Chris Chris mm-hmm. Chris had his style of kind of laying back and waiting to strike. And yeah, that's because that's because he was older and it took him a while to get warmed up. (laughs) (laughs) And then you kind of when you, you know, were like in your KTM days, it seemed like you were jumping out and and you were kind of that guy to first start getting away. And then that's what Walker has really brought to the table is that consistent start and then just trying to run away and hide from everybody. Well, it seems like now. You know, you got people like Bryson and and Cole and, and you know yourself. If you guys can get a start with him and keep him honest yep. and maybe force him into making mistakes, I'm really looking forward to this 2021 season because it seems like I have a feeling that this year is not going to be the I don't want to say boring races, but at at, at the front for the last several years, it's kind of been boring and and, and mm-hmm. for for Walker to be able to get out there and basically kind of make it his own show and his own race the way he has, which, you know, hats off to him for figuring out how to do that. But to seeing everybody else stepping up is awesome, awesome as well. Yeah, yeah, I could tell you there's no better feeling than having a comfortable lead going into the last lap because we got guys like you that just hit trees in front of us for no reason and we got to get around. <laughs> but there's no better feeling than that, and hats off for him to be able to do that. You know, i know Walker for a long time, and – he is he's very he's a very fast kid but there are some flaws to that you know you run that pace you take a chance on hitting trees missing things especially when you're pushing that hard and it's always easier to follow than it is to lead period right so if you're out there and you're leading the one hard thing to keep in mind is the guys coming behind you the pace that they're running are they faster are they slower so you start playing those mind games to where you're not sure what the hell's going on? Right. So you got to be mentally tough as well as physically to be able to know that. Yeah. Do you think the um, the tracks are starting to pl- are are more GP style, like playing into the younger guys' favor? Here. The tracks are are more open than they were in the past, and I don't want to be like they are tons more open, but yeah, they're more open, and and I think some of the reasons they do that is to so. We'll go back to Ironman. Ironman, there's 20,000 people through the gate. There's four or 500 entries in the morning, however many it may be. Now, if you take that track, make it technical and tough and, and gnarly the whole time, then you imagine how many people you're going to have to pull out, how many people you're going to have to try to get through that shit, how many bottlenecks, how many people are going to be going backwards on the course. You know, so it's a double-edged sword with what you can do and how you can do it because of, don't knock that log out of him. Um, it's just, I think they do it to make it to where everybody can enjoy it. And just one of the things is where we are, where we're at now, that's one of the side effects of it is it's just fast as hell. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, it is fast. I mean, look at snowshoe. Every year you go to snowshoe, there's only, snowshoe isn't bad, but when it's bad, it is insanely nuts, crazy, chaotic. Whatever snowshoe brings is it. But look, when they run the morning and the afternoon, we're always an hour to two hours behind every year. And it's because of that. 
So, and it's not because they don't have the talent. It's just because it just takes one person to bobble, next person to bobble, and it's just a train effect. Yeah, I, I've seen some gnarly GoPro footage of up at up at Snowshoe where you see you know bikes everywhere hung up, and there's just an insane bottleneck to where you're like, man, that guy's never never going to get out of there. <laughs> no, no, and I mean it's they've done a good job by you know taming it down some, but there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah, because like you said, then you the know, speed the first, is going to increase. Yeah, the first year we raced there, it was the most impassable treacherous thing i've ever ridden in my life <laughs> and then you know it it progressed i mean it's went up it's went down you know we've run it to where they you know paid 10 grand to win we've run it when they paid five we've run it when they paid a thousand so it's never really changed much they've lengthened it they shortened it and it's just the luck of the draw there what you get weather plays a big part of it too yeah. always seems like there's crazy weather going on up there i don't know how many times i've watched that race and it's been, you know, a uh, beautiful day starting out. And then sure enough, there, there's a rainstorm that pops up right in the middle of the race. Or we were up there watching mm-hmm. last year and it started raining right before the race even started. And it was, uh, it was, it wasn't even calling for rain up there. So it's just, it's just kind of, like you said, it, 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 you get what you get up there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes that race unique. I think it was, I forget what year it even was, first or second year. I think they had two hundred rows in the morning. I mean, it was backed up clear past the water tower, down in the valley, and everything. I mean, it was nuts. Jeez, you guys were probably halfway done with your first lap before before the guys on the last row got going. Close, close. Now, now they're two hundred to two hundred rows deep headed into the bars because everybody realized that it's more fun to party than it is to race. See, I've never raced that race, but I want to do it. It's like a bucket list thing, and I'm, I'm I was planning yeah. on doing it this year, have my room and everything, but. We'll do it next year, and um, <laughs> hopefully we finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I planned on racing it too this year. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, uh, you know, it was, it was funny. You were talking about how people like me getting in the way. <laughs> we were. I was watching your GoPro video uh, not too long ago of the of the race up at uh, Mount Morris, and <laughs> yeah, sure enough, I knew that this part of the video was coming up because I remember going through this field section. I had no idea you were behind me. And then come around turn, uh, you came around the outside of me, and I darn yep. near took you out because <laughs> I had no no idea you were there until you screamed at me, and then I got to relive it watching your GoPro not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Now you got to be careful passing squids like you because if you yell, you'll turn back and look, and then you'll smack into something. <laughs> You gotta be real careful yelling at guys like you. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought I was going fast. I was <laughs> I was going around this hay bale, Brandon, and um, uh, I'm just you know I'm on it. And uh, <laughs> next thing I know, Adam's yeah, rolling we- rolling around me with one hand off the bike, you know, telling me to stop. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, just on stop it. right where you're at, man. Just let me go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> literally two tenths of a second out of your race is all I'm gonna. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, had I known you were there, <laughs> oh, we need oh, to give you, you guys some, like, sirens or something. <laughs> uh, they talked about that a little bit, but I don't know if we really need it because, I mean, it's just it's just some extra bullshit. The 4x4s have horns. You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, the 4x4s have horns, and I, sometimes I would think of that more as a distraction than a, than a help, but... I mean, with them big bastards, I think anything would help. <laughs> no doubt. How could you not hear those behind you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking. So, 
Yeah, just it, it's interesting. But no, we've talked about stuff like that at riders meetings, but nothing's ever came of it. No, it's I mean, you know, it's crazy because because <laughs> like, you know, you know, me and B class, I'm sitting there and I'm in an intense battle with this guy behind me. And then all of a sudden, like, you, you know, it, this, it just really goes to show you, like, how fast you guys are going because I, yeah. you know, you can watch. I go- ask you something. So, yeah. like, when we catch you guys uh-huh. and you're in that battle and you guys pull over. The guy that's behind you isn't chicken shit and pulls out and passes you, does he? Like, you guys pull out together again and file how you pulled off? <laughs> I <laughs> – okay, so – on the last lap, I had a guy that did pull that did pull out and pass me, um, and I ended up getting back around him. But typically, everybody kind of stays stays where they're stays put where they're at. Okay, because that's the most that's like that's chicken shit. Dude. <laughs> that's one thing that would like drive me bananas. Yeah, and you know I try to be as respectful as I can with that because I do know, you know, everybody out there is racing just like I am. Now, obviously, it's different pace, different speeds, different things on the line, whatever. But everybody's still out there racing. So right. it's like I don't, I try not to be like a super dick about it. But it's like okay, I. I love following you. Yeah, you look great. Your shots look awesome. <laughs> Tires look great. Now, no, get the hell out of the way. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I think that the, the, what is kind of the most startling thing is like when you're in the first – you're, when you're starting to get lapped by the first couple of guys is you're not expecting it because like there's a difference between a B-class rider – on your level coming up behind you and you're like, okay, this guy's coming, you know, am I, and you go through that process of, am I going to let him buy or not? And then there's a difference between like, Oh crap, where did that guy come from? (laughs) And you know, the difference like that, just boom. Yeah. It's just there. And I, and for the life of me, I just, it just, I don't understand how you guys are going that daggone fast, but I mean, when you do it for a living, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, you know, I've, people are always like, yeah, you know, when you're coming and blah, blah, but it's something I've never, you know, I've never, I've never known. No, never you don't even know that side, like, that side of racing. Cause you don't, you don't have that happen. <laughs> uh, but that, no. that was early, early on. We did a little bit, but it wasn't, it's different than it is now, regardless, you know, what they say, it's just different. If the guys would catch you then, you could hear them coming. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't just be – a lot of people tell me it's just like boom. Like literally you'll be like, and all of a sudden you just hear somebody revving it behind you just out of nowhere. Yeah, and you literally just looked behind you 10 seconds ago, or not even that, like two seconds ago, and there was nobody there. And what I think is the craziest thing, and you can maybe speak on this a little bit, is, is not maybe not even necessarily the speed itself, but the way you guys are able to read the woods and the lines as mm-hmm. fast as you guys are um, – because it's just it's a completely different animal. I broke down at a mountain state race, um, the one in Fairmont. I can't remember the name. Bunner, Bunner's Ridge. Bunner's Ridge. Bunner's yes. Bunner's Ridge. I, yeah, I broke I broke down there, and I could tell when you were coming out of anybody else just because of the sound and and like you said, I, I was watching you come down through that hill, and I don't understand like the the reading of the woods that fast is what's I, I what I think is incre- is incredible. Yeah, that was that rough son of a bitch, wasn't it? Like, it was like, like, it wasn't, okay, when I say rough, it wasn't like normal Richie rough. You know, it was rough, but had a good flow. But it was, man, remember the dust there? At that oh, place? it was the dustiest race I raced in this past year. And that's what ended up happening. I got sucked over a dust berm and hit a, hit a tree and then broke my steering stem. <laughs> 
amateur. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, if you had if you had good LSR products on that, you wouldn't have been anything. <laughs> well, I do now. I do now. So maybe this coming year will be a little bit better. <laughs> Well, thank goodness. That oh, was shit. that. That was more rider error than 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 anything else. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you remember crossing the road right there, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I yes, I do remember. Yeah, I, I saw that video through, too. I come, through, <laughs> I come through that like a bat out of hell because everybody stood right there when you crossed the road. Yep. And I'm like, so I'm like, man, I'm gonna. I know I can jump this ditch, and I jumped it one time, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I did it again, got a little bit further, and the next time I come here, I'm like, I'm gonna send this bitch, and I about died. I didn't. I thought it hit. I mean, it handled it good, but dude, that thing hit the road. I don't know if it if it bellied out, it drugged the belly pan, but it like drug and swapped, and I'm like, I'm gonna eat this tree at like 40 mile an hour. Yeah, your rear end That's swapped like, out, didn't it? <laughs> dude, thank God it straightened up. Thank God it straightened up. Hell, I did a hell, I did a you. Right off the start, went up over the hill, down the other side, made an immediate left in the woods. Yeah. yeah I, couldn't, I couldn't stop. Went right through that, clear through the brush, down the damn road. Didn't make the turn <laughs> oh, <shit>. at all. <laughs> you know, they're talking like, it's a bad turn, it's real tight, all, all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, come on. I got the red plates, I'm pro, whatever. Dude, <laughs> I blew that. I blew that shit bigger than hell. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a uh, unfortunately I only got a lap and a half in on on that track, but that was a that was a rough one for sure. Um, but like like I said, you guys, the way you read those woods and those lines so fast, it's just it shows how well you got the machines dialed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whenever whenever you get everything working and flowing it becomes effortless. And I know people probably think I'm crazy. You probably think I'm, I'm stupid, but if you, there are times when it's just natural and it clicks. And I go through certain things in my schools and in my classes and the action off road camp that I'm involved in the tune ups and all that. And obviously I tell you, but then I wouldn't have anybody camp. (laughs) There's certain things you go through when you're racing that it just becomes natural. It just, it's effortless. And whenever you get to that point, it's easy. Now, mind you, it's still hard, but it's just you know what to do at every moment. And there are some races, you know, West Virginia being one of them, you know, and and started towards the end of the year when it becomes effortless, when you just do it. And, you know, that's that's something that once you start getting faster, that it starts clicking and becoming natural. Brandon, you got anything? (laughs) Oh, well, uh, it's just pretty much before we talk a little off topic. Uh, we were wondering how you got the name nickname Gator. <laughs> how much time you got left? Oh, buddy, as much. <laughs> how much time do you oh got left? <laughs> so I this was oh shit, and a couple years ago. But my mom always, um she would always tell me she sees maturity out of me. And this was coming up through the ranks. You know, I'm younger and, you know, I'm riding with older older guys and all the guys that are winning are older than me. And I'm trying to figure this out. And I used to be a crash and burn to when I got more consistent and more consistent. And we started putting wins together and we started getting more consistently, you know, winning these races. And my mom was like, I see a maturity out of you that I haven't seen before. I said, really? She goes, yeah. She says, you don't push the issue. You don't force the issue. 
you wait for something to open and then you're there. I said, oh, okay. So anyway, they didn't think much of it. And I'm sitting at the house, drinking Crown, watching TV. <laughs> and I'm talking to my buddy, Billy, which you probably, you know, Billy, Justin Wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a dumbass. <laughs> so anyway, I'm talking to him and you know, I'm drinking Crown and he's laughing and I'm laughing. I said, you know what I am? He goes, what? I said, I'm a, I'm a damn gator. <laughs> he goes, what? I said, I lay around, swim around the pond. I'm hanging out. I said, you're the Billy. You bring all these guys down to the pond. They're drinking. All these other animals are drinking. As soon as they lose focus, bam, they're in the pond. He goes, son of a bitch, you are a gator. <laughs> and it just, it just stuck. And, you know, it got to be a joke to where, you know, me and him would, we'd call each other, you know, Gator Billy and blah, blah, blah. And so other people started calling him Billy. Well, everybody knows him as Billy now. He, he is not, he's not Justin, he's Billy. So <laughs> I told him that I was going to get everybody to call him that. And he, he told Rodney on the PA, well, Rodney started calling me that. Well, now everybody calls me that. So I just started running with it. And this is where we are today. So Crown Royal, my mother, and Billy. <laughs> I wouldn't it's have it. Wouldn't about. have it any other way. That, <laughs> that's a perfect story. It was, it, was, it was so much fun. I mean, it was. We had it was it was going around a while. We had a bunch of nicknames for people that we was calling. It was it was fun. And I mean, a lot of people's quit since then. But you know, it, it's just. It just stuck. It's one of those things that just stuck, and I couldn't believe it stuck. <laughs> I don't think I would ever guess that story. Well, I'm sure you could have guessed the crown roll. Oh yeah, for the sure. Rest of it, probably not. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah. You know, you know what's crazy? We're getting into the holidays and stuff, and I've gotten three boxes of crowns from fans for Christmas, and really? I don't know if I can drink any. Oh my god, I don't know if I can drink anymore. I'm not passed out. <laughs> I saw where you posted the other. Uh, said you were looking for the new crown mix there with that that new crown. Drink. And the can, <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I'd really like to find some. So if anybody's watching this or listening or whatever, please just think about the Gators for Christmas and see if you can find me the can. Obviously, I like peach, but then apples my next. <laughs> hey, speaking of watching this, <laughs> we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to eventually have a live show, and we want to do it like on Facebook and all that jazz and whatever. But uh, I think we need to we need the Gator to come in for for a guest appearance when we do that. <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah. I don't see why not? Uh, I, I so, do. I do like the uh, the new. Uh, Checking the mail uh, video on social media. That was pretty cool doing the donut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mason, so Mason filmed that. We was doing some, I don't know if it was tire testing or just some, some video footage for um, over tires. And they come up, they've been up about once a year now or twice a year. And, dude, he does some awesome work. Awesome work. And he does some stuff for me on the side. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it turned out really good. It's it's surprising. You put so much effort into a video, and you think it's going to catch traction, and it flops. But you literally take a video with your phone, <laughs> no bullshit, post it, this was some stupid caption, and literally it catches traction like crazy. But that's like the world that we're in right now. We were talking earlier, you know, about about <clears throat> everybody living on Facebook and Instagram. It seems like mm -hmm. that, that five, ten-second video <laughs> – can get all the views you want and it almost seems like the, the less effort that you put into it, the better. And you're one of the best at, at 
using social media. Um, you know, I watch all the race reports that you put out after the mm-hmm. races and, and, uh, all the little funny videos that you have. And, and it seems like that that's the ticket and that's the way to, to, to interact with people. Um, and you've kind of figured that out really well. Yeah. People, people like real people. People hate, you know, politicians, people hate bullshit. People like real people. And, I'm I'm not clean cut. I'm not very PC. <laughs> I am me, whether you like it or not. And you know, the ten percent that don't can, you know, go somewhere else. They don't have to watch it. <laughs> but the other ninety, you know, I, I enjoy having that. And I think that's why people are attracted or want, you know, or migrate down to the trailer every race and people hang out. People buy the the hoodies. The people buy the shirts is because it's. It's just me being me and, and enjoying what I do. Yeah, and you're you're fun to root for 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 the local um, for um, not even local community because because it's not just West Virginia where you're typically the fan favorite. It's it's everywhere you go. But uh, like I said last year, I was down at Snowshoe and I was at the Howard's Hole and. Mm-hmm. You knew when Adam was coming because everybody was going nuts. And and I heard that it is absolutely insane down there. People said they're like they're like you know they you know they'll come through the pros and then it's like when I get there and I don't know how people see this when I get there they say it just blows the hell up. I don't know how either because by the time you get there, you know most people are are somewhat like I could recognize people when they pass me because I could still see the numbers on the back. But, but, um, mm-hmm. but I knew when you were coming because, because everybody was going nuts and granted I had my three-year-old with me, so we didn't go clear into the heart of oh. Howard's hole. We were kind of, okay, um, okay. we were kind of, you know, uh, I would say closer to where you, where you pop back out of the woods. That's where we were at. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you could still hear it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You could hear the people roaring um, as you were coming through. That's badass. Yeah, I do have a, I do have a, I do have a story. So, I love Crown Roll. I love my fans. I love to drink. I love to have a good time, right? And there's a time and a place for, and obviously snowshoes the place and the time. <laughs> yeah. So we're going back to the room. You know, the wife and I are going back to the room. I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm walking back through the hotel, and the door, there's a door open, and I look in. There's people in there partying. And never missed a damn beat. I walk right in there and start partying with everybody. And literally, it was like you scratched the record. Like, Roar! And they all looked at me. And I was like, what, you guys don't want to party? And they're like, well, hell yeah, we do. And like, you got any crown? They're like, they're like, hell yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't that nice, but it was like, you know, you get the picture. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Shots and stuff. And my wife's like, you got to go to bed. Come on. So wind this up. Two weeks or a week after the race, my dad is, he left work and uh, went to go grab lunch. Well, there was this table of people at the restaurant at this time, because you didn't have an action action, just seeing it on the whole bunch of bullshit. There was these people at this restaurant wearing snowshoe shirts. And my dad being that creepy old guy with the mustache, hard ass, <laughs> he, walked up, he walked up to him and he says, he said, how are you guys doing? I see you went to snowshoe and they're like, Oh hell yeah, it's awesome, blah blah. And they're like, you know, they're talking, they're like, I forget how it went on. And they he said, You know the guy on your shirt? They're like, Yeah, that's Adam, he's bad. You know, he's awesome, blah blah blah. And they said, You know what was the craziest thing was we were in our room partying and, and he walked in and started drinking with us. And my dad goes, <laughs> Really? 
<laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was the craziest thing, man. He just walked right in, like, like no big deal. My dad goes, that's my son. And they all just got these blank stares like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But it was, it's just funny how small it is. Like, you know, we've talked about how small the world is. It's just funny to see that. But yeah, just it's just me being me. And I, I really enjoy the fans. And I enjoy the people and the views and everything about the job. I love. There are some things that I don't, but that's more of the business side. But I enjoy getting up to watching youth races, doing the camps, doing the videos, doing the promotional stuff. You know, and obviously, like you said, 2020 was really an odd year to, for that, but I enjoy everything about it. The business side of it, obviously, the business side is not as enjoyable, but I, you know, we're, we signed a two year commitment with Ober again and Parts Unlimited and News. You know, nobody's ready to give up yet. One thing that I that is easy to notice, and it, it is the love for the for the sport and for the youth of the sport. And what I like seeing, there's never anybody that is easier to approach than Adam with with kids. Because I've seen you, you know, even at local races, you're just walking up to everybody and talking, and just like like you said, you're a normal guy, and that's what people people like. Um, you know, I, I forget where we were at, but. But uh, I brought my son up to you to take a picture with him at one of the mountain states, and he was just – he was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that that's Adam McGill. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so that's one thing that I really, you know, enjoy about watching you and in and, and, and your career and, and uh, kind of what you're doing with it, especially in the later later years of your career, watching the, the youth come up and, and how you're really involved with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk, you know, you bring this back, you know, nobody's making an ATV anymore. It's not, it's growing, but it's, I wouldn't say it's growing. And the only thing that's keeping this sport alive is the youth. Now, granted, we have old guys like you, which are younger than me, but still old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have, we have the older generation that'll still be there, but a lot of them are there because their kids, their grandkids are doing it. Well, think about how much cheaper it is to buy the kid a basketball or a football or a pair of shoes or a video game console, and a lot cheaper it is. So the only thing keeping these kids in it is the dream to be where I'm at. So being able to keep them interested is going to keep the sport alive. So doing the schools, doing the classes, walking up and bullshitting with you like I did at the race, um, talking to people, letting people approach me, people sending me, you know, Christmas cards and, and the crown things. I mean, stuff like that make, lets me know that I'm doing a good job. And if that ever goes away, I'm scared to see where the sport's at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that to me, as a fan of the sport, you, fans love that stuff. I mean, when you go to like these pro national motocross events, you have to pay to even get in to see a rider, and you're not even guaranteed to see a rider, and you're just like, man, this sucks. And you go to a GNCC event, and you know you can walk up to a guy like you and start talking, and 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 it it's really cool to to be able to do that. And I think that's why the sport itself on the GNCC side is really growing. Mm-hmm. My mom years ago. And not many people know this, and you know, obviously it's not a big deal to tell, but years ago, I never was, you know, I was always a bigger kid in school. I was, you know, I played football, I did basketball, I did track, I did all this, but I was never really super popular. All I wanted to do was ride my four-wheeler. And 
I remember going to my very first GNCC and seeing all these guys, all the pros. You know, at that time it was William and Bill and Chris was in pro. Uh, uh, Todd Nippenberg, I think Ken Coonley was there. Uh, Brad Page, you know, all these guys, these big name guys are there. And I remember walking around the pit with my dad, obviously, because I'm not really old then. And I'm walking around and trying to get these guys to at least acknowledge me, to, to wave at me or give me a high, you know, thumb, something. And I never got it from anyone. The only person that ever gave me the time of day was William Yokely, and I'll never forget this. Todd Nippenberg did it too. He gave me a little bit. And I'm telling you, that's the only guy that ever gave me that, you know, that little bit of attention that I wanted. And it wasn't much. It was just, you know, I was looking at his bike and I was like, oh my God, it's so awesome. I remember I see this and see that and dirt wheels and talking about it. And, and it was just a couple minutes and, that, and he left. And I never forgot that. And I told my mother that I would never, ever, ever grow up to be that person, ever. I always make time for anyone and everyone within reason now obviously there's times where i can't i'll at least speak and say look i'll be back in 15 minutes and i get over here or something <clears throat> there was one time i forget where it was that i started to let that control me like to get to where like oh you know i'm a pro i'm a professional i don't have time for this and i remember my mom walked into the motorhome and she looked at me and said aa which meant arrogant asshole <laughs> <laughs> And she told me that, and I'm like, you're right. I got up, and I went out. And I might have broke or something happened. I don't remember. But I remember she told me that, and I always try to remember that no matter what, I'm still just like everybody else. I ride an ATV. That's that's really all I do good. I'm not, I'm not good at being a carpenter. I'm definitely not good at any computer shit. <laughs> uh, you know. So it's like everybody's good at their own thing. It's just this is my niche, and it's – and I never, ever want to be that person that will turn somebody down thinking I'm better than them when I'm really no different. Right, right. And, and like I said, that's, that's one of the coolest parts about it because if you, you, know, if you get disconnected from that fan base, then, then it's just like, like NASCAR. Like, like, you know, you're basically, all these other sports, you're, really, you're kind of paying for somebody's attention, whereas – this sport, you know, even on the bike side, you know, guys are so approachable and, and it's like it just sets itself apart from from most mm -hmm. other professional sports. And that's, you know, that's why I think, you know, this sport's such a good community. You know, before you came on, we were talking about the, uh, the boy Lucas Grounds that got hurt uh, not too long ago and yep. how the entire community has has reached, you know, reached out to him. And, and the videos that we saw of all those people in the parking lot, you know, waving up at him and, and tell me another, another sport that you get that for, for an, am, an amateur. None. Yeah, none. <laughs> None, none. It, it's crazy because, you know, we're, you know, I grew up in a small town. We're talking 800 people in town, maybe 6,000 people in the county. The high school had 380 some kids when I went. Okay. I graduated with 70 something. That town struggles to get a thousand bucks for the foot for a football program. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was able to raise that money through a racing community. It, it, it speaks volume to know how how small of a niche we are, but how big of an impact we have yeah. to everybody's lives, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
uh, you like when I, I saw you know a little bit of the number that came through that you know they put out there, and I'm like, wow, like they got that much in that short bit of time. I mean, that's that was yeah, that's I, impressive. I mean, I think Jerry McGrath commented on one of those things and gave him a. Sh- I mean, holy shit, dude! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and this kid, you know, it, it sucks for what happened, but it's just the risks we take. You know, I, I deal with it every time I get on the machine. But for him to have an impact at that such a young age, I mean, it's it's kind of like mind blowing, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure you know seeing all the support that he that he's getting, that's I mean that's got to be motivation for him to to not let it get him down and, and and to keep going and and it's awesome watching him in those videos like in the rehab the train what he's calling training, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure like you know he's thinking. You know, I got all these people that are, that are that are you know supporting me, and you know I want to I want to get better because like that would make me want to to do to do you know even more as well. And and like we said, just the community itself, you don't get that anywhere else. Even on like the motocross side, like the uh, the ATV motocross side, it's not as tight knit as as the as the GNCC world. I remember. Um, uh, there was a picture of you, Borsch, and McClure floating around. Um, you guys BSing after I forget what race yep. it was, and Nick Janusa commented. Second pit, I think. Yes, yeah. Nick Janusa commented on it and was like, "Man, I wish the ATV motocross uh, world was like this, and we could we could be mm-hmm. as cool as you guys are uh, with each other." And that's you know, it, it's really cool to see that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And you know what's Real funny about the picture. I think we was all on Hondas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you actually, were. you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's something. It, it's I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if anybody would ever understand it until you get there. But there's not a lot of us, and you know, obviously, we all respect each other. But there is also a competitive to it too. So, I mean, at that level. If you beat me, you're taking money out of my pocket. If I beat you, vice versa, this and that, you know, as well as the love for it. But to know that at the end of the race that we're still, you know, cordial enough or professional enough to still sit down, have a beer, bullshit about the race, and enjoy the, you know, enjoy it. And that's what I have missed for so long about it is that. And it's nice to know it's coming back to that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And you guys, it seems like you guys can literally hate each other <laughs> on the track, and then mm-hmm. and then be able to 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 like you said, BS with each other off the track. Because I mean, you guys are, are are really the only ones that that knows what it's like to battle each other on the track. So to be able to step off the track and step step out of the of the you know the egos and the, and the pro atmosphere and actually have a real down to earth conversation with each other. And it just speaks volumes to the, the, the family atmosphere that, that GNCC is and how, you know, it's, it's unique to professional sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I do enjoy that. You know, but like I said, at the end of the day, we're just guys who ride four wheelers fast. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys play any uh, tactics on each other, like send a pizza over to the RV the next you know, the night before a race or something? <laughs> no, no, we don't do any of that. We, there's a lot of mind games to it, but no, we don't do any of that. Shit. I know that. Uh, I know that Hunter Hart will get up and he'll have strawberries and stuff, and I'll take strawberries from him and call him a puss. But that's about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I tell you what, he's he. I, I'm really w- looking for him here in the next couple of years because he's picking up some speed and and he's another one that's fun to watch on Instagram as well. And mm-hmm. I saw he's spo- is he sponsored by Outback? <laughs> it's he. Yeah, in a roundabout way, yeah, he is. You know, I'm jealous of a little shit for it, but I'm proud <laughs> of hell of him because, you know, for him to be able to get that at that age, it's it's something to be proud of, you know. And and he does he does put the work in on that end of it. So I will commend him on that. Now, you know, there are other things where I'm like, where the where the hell are you coming from on this? But the kid, <laughs> you know, the kid will never be as good as me, and I'll make sure that I always hold him down. But, <laughs> But no, I, I am proud of what he's been able to do and, and how he's grown and and matured over the last couple of years. He's definitely um, he's definitely coming into his own, and he will be somebody I'm sure we'll have to contend with in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, like going back to just that, I think the 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 next couple of years is going to be really fun. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what the battles look like up front, um, especially next year um, with you coming off the momentum um, of this year. You said that you're, you know, excited to get back down and training. I'm looking forward to seeing what 2021 brings us. So um, <clears throat> um, if you want to talk about that a little bit, um, then we'll start wrapping it up. But 2021 should be an awesome year to watch. Yeah. Yeah. 2021 is definitely going well. Well, shit. We'll see after January sixth, I guess, what's yeah, going to happen. Because, heard that. <laughs> I mean, if if every, if everything goes as planned, yes, it will be great. Um, because everybody's start. I mean, you know, our bikes are starting better. They're running better than they ever had. Um, we've got the front ends working better with Dan and LSR, and you know, Mike at Custom Axis. Obviously, my father. Um, we've been working really hard on that, and it, and it shows. But I, I'm scared to see what'll happen because. If we, if something doesn't happen, we're gonna be what is it, ninety days or some shit? Yeah, and that'll be you know, yeah, yeah, thumbs in butt, sitting around on our couches, kind of thing. (laughs) Drinking crown. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, drinking crown. Yeah, that that got out of hand last time. But anyway, yeah, I don't. I, I'm looking forward to a very good year in 21. Um, but I'm really curious to see what happens after January 6th, whatever, whatever happens, I think the year will be good. It just depends on when we're going to get started. I still, Hey, I still feel confident about January 6th. I still do. <laughs> I still feel confident about it. So <laughs> I, I do too. I do too. I do too. I listen to yeah. enough co- uh, conspiracy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think, yeah. Uh, so you're, so you're, are you a Bob Lazar fan? You much into aliens and things like that? No, they they lose me on the aliens and the moons of satellite thing. Dude, I'm telling you, I I love that stuff like that, like where it makes things like Bigfoot could be real kind of thing, and it's like evidence and all this stuff, dude. Yeah, once you start going down the rabbit hole, you're done. Oh, I know, I know. Like I I was listening like JFK stuff and 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 Mm -hmm. um, shoot, what was that documentary that came out not too long ago? Um. I can't think of it, but it was like a three-hour documentary, and and uh, eh, I was, you know, eating it up. <laughs> Brandon's sitting here laughing at me. <laughs> He's got you got too much time on your hands. You got, I'm gonna give you a mini bike to work on here. Soon. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. Now I, I will say the the aliens with the um uh the is Bob Lazar is that the guy that was the uh, fighter pilot? 
No, he, no, that's the uh, that's the tic tac one. I watched it too. Yeah. All the czar worked it. It wasn't it wasn't Area Fifty One. It was another it was another base off of Fifty One. Oh yeah, yep. I forget what they called it. He and he come out and said that. And dude, I'm telling you, they got a Netflix documentary on it. Watch it. Uh, Joe Rogan did a podcast with him too. It is. I mean, it'll like blow your damn mind. I, like, I, I now listen to it. Just don't have this background noise. Listen to it. I mean, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> I now know why quad guys get made fun of all the time. Ah, oh, listen here. <laughs> we weren't gonna we weren't gonna pick on the only bike guy on this podcast. But we might have to go after him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Shoot. No. I'm a podcast junkie on some of that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, when I whenever I run out of like Paul podcast to mm-hmm. listen to and all that stuff, I I turn on the those news guys that don't get any <laughs> that don't get any credit that you know they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I know. the brothers. Yep, yep, the Hoggison yep. twins, right? Yep. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. I I haven't listened to their stuff in a long time, and I've, I've been hearing good things. So I might subscribe back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We hey, we'll. we'll uh, We'll maybe make another podcast separate. We can make our own conspiracy podcast sometime. How's that sound? <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, we can, we can go for hours on that. <laughs> Brandon might not be no, up for that. Though. I'm, I'm out of that, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's a rabbit hole in that one for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, uh, Adam, one question we ask everybody before we let them get off here. If you had to pick mm-hmm. one fast food and one candy for the rest of your life to eat, what would it be? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> any fast food? Yeah, any. 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 Does it have to be like mate? Well, fast food would be like burgers, fries, tacos, pizzas, shit yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, anything that oh, you great. anything that you can drive through and pick up. Okay. Yeah, besides like Panera, like that's you know that's not fast food. Nah, that's that's that, that's dumb as hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have good soup. But, that's what yeah. I say. Chicken noodle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my boy. Even though you're on dirt bikes, <laughs> um, what is it? I, I would have a tough. I would have a tussle between Chick Fil A and Taco Bell. Ah, okay. okay. Taco Bell. First time we heard Taco Bell. That's a it good is, one, though. Uh, Chick Fil A yeah, is batting I, about ninety percent of our of our guests. <laughs> honest, honestly, me and the wife, if we do fast food, we do we do Taco Bell more often. So I'm gonna have to go with Taco Bell. Yeah, man. I mean, Taco Bell, you can literally eat for like three days on 25 bucks. I know. <laughs> and you got to have a rubber butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that... <laughs> so, yeah, I would have to go with Taco Bell. Okay. And then what was the other one? Uh, candy. One now, candy. Oh, boy. Now, we've had people go with like, you know, chocolate stuff. And then gummies. people go with like, like yeah. Yeah, gummies, like, you know, stuff like that. So, you go wherever with you want. Haley, what do you think would be the one candy that I – what's one candy that I eat, like, constantly? You think so? Is it got more than gummy bears? <laughs> okay. It would be pretzel M&M's. Pretzel, pretzel M&M's, my okay. Wife, my wife's opened the cabinet. I've got, like, nine bags of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so awesome. Pretzel M&M's is what it would be, the blue bag. The blue oh, yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Those are good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, so I would have to say pretzel M&M's and Taco Bell. <laughs> awesome awesome well adam we definitely kept you on here for longer than i think we kept you on oh, for about yeah. twice as long as we said we would <laughs> yeah well hell time got away from us it, it does that when you get old right you're like hell oh, i never i 
Yeah, exactly. I'm, I feel like I'm always rushing around everywhere. Yeah. 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 All these young people in a hurry you just need to leave earlier. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now you're sound like the mustache, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> so. Uh, awesome. Now, I appreciate you guys having me, and hopefully, um, hopefully Christmas finds you well and all that. And I appreciate it. And we'll do one um, halfway through next year or. Hell, if we get shut down for 90 days, maybe we'll do one then. Yeah, for yeah. Sure, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. We appreciate you coming on, uh, giving us your time. And uh, like I said, man, we look forward to having you on again. And, and good luck in the 2021 season. We're, uh, um, <clears throat> we're, we're behind you, man. And Brandon's going to, you know, I think he's going to pick you for every single race. <laughs> <laughs> he's hoping. Sweet, sweet. As long as I ain't picking you up from hitting any trees, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> well, I, that's another thing. I'll do my best when I, when <laughs> I come around to stay out of your way this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Merry Christmas. Shout out yep. to your family. Hope everything goes good. All right, man. Take care. All right, bud. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, that was Adam McGill. <laughs> we, uh, we are officially at our longest podcast ever, so yeah. we appreciate him giving us our giving us his time today and and hanging out with us. And uh, you know, man, we got into everything. We got into politics, <laughs> aliens, uh, you know, GNCC through and through. And you know, it was a fun time talking with him. Yeah, man, that that was a very interesting conversation with Adam. Uh, it's uh, that was pretty cool to have him on. And uh, thanks for all of his time he gave us, and definitely longer than we. We usually go. But. Yeah, but that was awesome. We had fun doing it. And um, um, back to what we were talking about before he came on, <laughs> the uh, the uh, um, ATV motocross podcast or um, shoot the ATV motocross uh, schedule being out. You know, we're excited about that. We're gonna be watching that for sure. Hopefully, the pro motocross or pro supercross stays. You know, it yeah. the same. Is there any news to talk about there in that world right now? Just, I mean, we're we're less than thirty days for the first opener in Houston, so I mean, that's like my Christmas countdown. Everybody's counting down to Christmas. <clears throat> I'm counting down to Supercross. A, uh, well, it used to be A one. Now it's H one. H one. H one. H one. So um, just counting down to then, and then uh, I, I know like Troll Train and all those guys, Bam Bam and Tomac, they're all getting their stuff together. So. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting season. Yeah, guys, we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing our preseason race show uh, here in a couple of weeks. But uh, make sure you go on our um, Instagram and our Facebook and like and subscribe to uh, our channel. Uh, we have officially went over a hundred people listening to this podcast uh, at a single time. Uh, we broke the record with Bryce and Neil. And uh, hopefully, we break it. Yeah, I think we can break it again. We. Uh, <clears throat> We have, what is it? Oh, we're getting close to a thousand listens. And this thing just keep growing, man. So we appreciate everybody out there listening. Make sure that you tune in every week. We'll be we'll be here every single week and updating you on what's going on with the uh, racing world, whether it be GNCC, Pro Motocross, Pro Supercross, um, Pro ATV cross or Pro ATV <laughs> Motocross, and uh, all that stuff, guys. So with that, we're going to be heading out and we're going to be listening to a little bit of John Denver. I think that's pretty appropriate for today, yeah, don't you? For sure. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Hope you guys get a bunch dirt bike and ATV parts on your tree and uh, <laughs> show them up and have a good one. Peace. All right, later, guys. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old there. 
Older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Virginia. 